Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast, where we chat everything and anything related to the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Kelly. I am a drummer turned comedy singer-songwriter and apparently now a podcaster. You're going to hear me chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within, arguably, the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every week on scottcowie.com, on Stitcher Radio, and now on iTunes. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, let them know what's going on over here. But for now, enjoy the show. Guest this week on the podcast, Nora Germain, a phenomenal violin player who currently resides in Los Angeles. She has been exciting crowds all over the world, really, playing with Martin Taylor, recently Tommy Emanuel, and we're going to talk about all of that coming up. It's going to be a good one. Okay, I am back on the Talk Music podcast with we, Nora Germain. And I'm going to read you a quote that's from a review from the other day with Nora. Listen to this. Her old school improvisations shine with California sunshine. Then break from the melody into an eyes closed rendering of butterflies flowing with colourful phrases. <laughs> Nora, isn't that the best quote you've ever heard in your life? <laughs> yes, it's certainly one of the best anyone has ever said about me. <laughs> How much did you pay this guy in order to say such a thing about you? Yeah, five bucks. That, right, Just okay. Five. That's that's decent. Um, that's a decent amount of money to give a quote <laughs> like that. So uh, how have you been? It's been a while. You've been well? Yes, yeah, been very well. Yeah, it's great to be back from uh, the UK and California is just as lovely as always and um i'll be in san francisco next week which is great so everything's just been wonderful it's been a quite a whirlwind last few months for you the last time i spoke to you you are gearing up to go to the shetlands to uh, perform with martin taylor and of course tommy emmanuel so tell us how that came about and tell us about the experience itself well um it came about because I met Martin maybe a couple years ago in San Diego. He's playing a concert and I wanted to go watch him because I was such a big fan of his playing. And I, I met him and then maybe a few months later I saw him um, again in Malibu where I met Tommy because they were doing a concert together. And then Martin invited me to play at NAMM with him, which was great, which I'm going to do again uh, this year. Um, at the NAMM show, and then a little after that, I guess, he started posting uh, information about these retreats that he was having, and I thought that would be really fun to go and play with him and get to know him and, um, you know, learn, obviously, from someone who's so amazing and who played with Stefan for so many years, and it's just great to hear stories from him about Stefan and everything. So originally I wanted to go to one in France, but 
that one was canceled or something happened. I'm not exactly sure, but I wasn't able to go to that one, and, and um, it ended up not happening. And then the one in Shetland came up, and then I saw that Tommy would be there, and I thought, well, gosh, this is going to be great. So I kind of crashed the guitar party, if you will. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, a lot of the players there were kind of asking me, well, you know, what are you doing here? <laughs> But, uh, but it was great. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm, I'm just thrilled that I got to play with the two of them together. And um, it was just a wonderful time. Everyone that came along was so funny and uh, had a great spirit. It was just a wonderful time. I think everybody really enjoyed it. So It's absolutely amazing that you've got to play with not only Martin Taylor, but Tommy Emmanuel and the two of them together, like you just said there. Um, is that intimidating at all, first of all, doing that? And secondly, you, men <laughs> you mentioned Stefan Grappelli. Um, does it ever, is it ever in the back of your mind that people will be looking on with a, a, any sort of comparison there? Or are you bothered about that? What are your thoughts in general? Well, um, actually, so... The way I got to play with Tommy, um, we were there was a workshop that we played in the day after, and then I was playing with Martin in the festival as just a guest. Um, uh, but I actually kind of um, got to play with Tommy sort of by surprise because we were all heading over to this place called The Lounge in Shetland, and it was late at night, and it was after dinner, after everyone had kind of settled down. and. I went over there early. I was rounding everyone up at the hotel, and I was like, we've got to go. Let's go. There's no time to lose. And so we went in there, and there were a few people there, and everyone was kind of, you know, coming in slowly in, in those few minutes or whatever, an hour. And Tommy was sitting there by himself, and I walked in, and I had my instrument, and Tommy was like, well, what do you want to play? And I had no time to <laughs> think or anything. And Martin at that point wasn't playing, so it was just me and Tommy then for for uh, a few tunes, which was, you could hear a pin drop in there. It was really, actually, it was a little bit um, frightening because I, Tommy plays with so much energy and is so spirited and everything, every time he plays, it's like the last time he'll ever play, you know? So he's playing, as we say, for keeps, playing for keeps, which is great. I mean, I love, I love that kind of thing, but I just, uh, at first I was a little bit intimidated because I, thought, oh God, I don't know what he's going to want to do and all these people are looking at me. And But it, it was actually a lot of fun and Tommy was very welcoming. We, we played a lot of stuff off of the Corona and the Governor album, which was great. And luckily I knew some of those tunes. <laughs> um, but the Stefan Grappelli thing is interesting. Um, obviously he's influenced me so much and he's my favorite jazz violinist of all time. Um, and it is true that people compare me to him, but you know, also you can see, uh, similarities in a lot of young musicians to a lot of older musicians, but it's not necessarily the focal point, the similarity. It can be there, but I, I prefer when people say something about me besides that, um, rather than only that. But it's always a compliment anytime anyone says that, so, yeah. And then, um, of course, your Twitter was going crazy the other day, as was mine, because Tommy Emmanuel was raving about you on the podcast last week. What were your immediate thoughts about that? <laughs> well, are you sure you didn't pay him to do that? 
I definitely didn't pay him to do it. It was absolutely genuine. Because he said, what was he said? He said you were, okay, he was going on and on about you. Do you remember the exact words? Um, <laughs> I think he said something about me having a great future. You know, he uh, didn't He didn't mention the Stefan Grappelli influence at all, which was nice. I thought a lot of people usually say that, you know, oh, well, she sounds great. She sounds like Stefan. But he was able to say something, you know, that was a little bit separate from that. But anyway, yeah, Tommy's so – he's always so gracious. He's so nice to everybody that he likes. He's even nice to people he doesn't like, I imagine. But <laughs> – He's incredibly nice and um, always very encouraging and very, um, very uh, uh, inspiring. He's always, it seems like he uh, is always trying to um, inspire people, never to put anyone down. So it's, it's great um, to be around him and Martin also. The two of them are very, very encouraging. So it's just uh, invaluable, I guess, to be around them. Yeah. One of my favourite songs of yours is, of course, the track Tommy, written about Tommy Emanuel. Can you <laughs> play it for us? Yeah, well, I saw... Okay, so this is actually kind of funny. I probably shouldn't say this, but... Um, when, I went, when I went to meet Tommy and Martin in, in Malibu, I was really excited to see Martin. He had got me a backstage pass and all this stuff, and I was just thrilled to see him again, because as you know, he's not in California very often, so... Um, at first when I saw the ticket, I, I saw, um, Tommy Emanuel with special guest Martin Taylor. And I thought, who could possibly have Martin Taylor as a special guest? Like, who does this guy think he is? And so <laughs> I'm not sure if, if Tommy remembers this, and I'm hoping he doesn't, but we were all downstairs, you know, waiting outside the dressing room for them to come out and say hi. It was before the show and they were taking pictures and saying hi to everyone. And, um... Martin was kind of down the line a little bit, and Tommy was was kind of right in front of me. And um, Tommy said, "Oh, you know, hi, what's your name?" You know, he hadn't met me yet. And I said, "Oh, I'm Nora. You know, um, thanks so much for having me. You know, uh, or something like that." But I said, "I actually came to see Martin." <laughs> it's just so funny because. I didn't realize, um, I'd never heard him live before and I just, I was so in love with Martin's playing that I was a little bit insulted at the idea of him being a guest with someone else. Um, so when I first met Tommy, I hope he wasn't off put at all by, <laughs> by my, um, little comment, but I was able to meet him after the show. Um, and we got to talking just a little bit, um, and during the show, I remember I got the idea to write Tommy because uh, he opened with this amazing tune. I Oh, I wish I could remember the name of it. I probably should know it because I've heard him play it a million times. But it's this real fast, um, like, acoustic. It's like real fast acoustic song. It's, I think, an A. And uh, it just sounded kind of fiddly, kind of American, kind of fiddle style. And I was just so, it just like hit me like a wall. He just came out and just played it. It was so loud. And it was amazing. And I was completely inspired by it. I just thought, wow, this is so awesome. I love this tune. So I thought maybe I would write kind of a, another tune. And I called it Tommy, of course, because I was inspired by, with how much you know, uh, force and power he was playing with in his show. So I wrote a little fiddle tune. 
and kind of dedicated it to, to Tommy, I guess. <laughs> so. Sam Smith. So Sam uh, is amazing. Um, I kind of stumbled into that gig, sort of, uh, it wasn't really my own doing, I'm, I'm afraid to say. A friend of mine who wasn't able to do it, uh, who went to USC with me, called me and said, can you do it? And I said, well, gosh, of course. And the rehearsals for it started the day of my birthday, which was so awesome. <laughs> um, so Sam, uh, Sam is an amazing singer, wonderful person, very soft-spoken, very kind. And I was really impressed with the quality of the band because he has a lot of the great R&B and jazz musicians from London playing with him that travel with him. So I realized that I had a lot of friends in common with some of them, one of them being John Batiste, one of my good friends from New York, wonderful jazz pianist and singer. Um, and oh man, it was just wonderful to get to meet him and to to play behind him in the show. It was just uh, wonderful. Yeah. It was what award ceremony was it? it? Was the EMAs, wasn't it? It was the VMAs, the MTV Video Music Awards. And um, from what I read, uh, his performance was one of the favorites of the night, which was which was great to hear. Obviously, you know, he's such a great singer. There aren't any real tricks when he sings. He really just stands up and, and, and sings. He's got a lot of integrity. So um, it's just wonderful to um, see someone who really um, has a lot of integrity to get uh, attention on the, on the widest scale. Yeah. That's really cool. Now, we just noticed a couple of weeks ago that you and I have got a mutual friend Callum Ingram, I had no idea that you knew him and you were at college with him, is that right? Tell us about Callum. Oh yeah, Callum was one of my first friends at the new school in New York City. He's a wonderful electric cellist and does all sorts of really amazing experimental things. He's got um, all these effects going on and I haven't seen him in a, in a while, but when we were in college together, he had this cello that was, you could strap it to your body so you could stand up and play it and it, oh, it was just amazing. Callum is just a great guy. And um, we had a lovely time in school together. Is he Scottish also? Yes. Did you not notice when he spoke with a Scottish accent? Was that not a, your maybe first clue? No? Well, I just wanted to, <laughs> to make sure. But anyway, yeah. Did you, did you think he was maybe kidding on for a while? Do you think he was joking around when he was speaking with a Scottish accent and he kept it up for years in the college? Did you think he's, this is an act that he's keeping up well here? <laughs> no, I, no, I just... I'm ashamed to say, I couldn't remember if he was Irish or Scottish. 
Okay. But please don't be offended because... I'm not going to be offended, but I can't wait till he listens to this back. Callum, Nora's incredibly sorry. She now realises that you are Scottish and you play the cello. No, and I thought he was Scottish. I'm just confirming with the source of all Scottish people here. Callum, if you can tweet in just to confirm that you're definitely Scottish because Nora's now got me <laughs> questioning that. Um, so I'm pretty sure that my friend Callum is Scottish. Brilliant. Uh, thanks for listening, Callum, to that. Right, okay, so I've got a bunch of things written down because I was on YouTube earlier and I was watching you play, right? And I was narrowing down everything that I was going to ask you to play. One thing I really like is your version of The Entertainer. John Batiste as well. So he's got this amazing style. He plays um, a lot of old Scott Joplin ragtime things. Uh, usually is an encore or um, kind of like a special kind of moment in a show. He'll do something like that. But sometimes he'll kind of put a modern spin to it. So I kind of stole, I kind of stole his style of playing that a little bit, I suppose. Um, but yeah, oh, I could definitely play that. That's a good tune. Uh, let's see. That's brilliant. Every time you do it, it's got to be a little bit different. It's brilliant. Absolutely amazing. While we're on a roll here, can you play this other track, My Best Friends Are Violinists? Now, it's got on oh, your YouTube. Gosh. Do you remember it? Well, I would love to. I could make one up for you, but I'm sorry to say that that was a complete and total improvisation. That's what I was going to say. I was a bit confused because I thought there's no way that can be improvised because that would take me a lifetime to come up with something that would be nowhere near as good. So the fact that you can come up with that on the spot is very impressive. So if you can... Yeah, I was just... I was just at my aunt and uncle's house in Beverly Hills. That's her dance studio. I was sitting in her dance studio and I was just playing some things. I've been really, lately I've been really thinking about the idea of doing impromptu cadenzas, um, much like uh, classical musicians used to do, um, maybe in the Baroque era, although I'm not actually quite sure. But there are a lot of periods in, the, in early uh, Baroque classical music um, and other eras too when, when the classical musicians had to improvise actually a lot. Um, so I've been thinking about that, and also, you know, pianists, sometimes you'll see a singer and she'll be there about to sing a ballad, and they just look at the piano player, and the piano player does this crazy thing by himself, or herself. So I was kind of thinking about that idea, and that's kind of where this came from, my best friend's a violinist, I thought, well, gosh, lovely, and so I was just, anyway, okay, well, I guess I'll do a short one for you right now. Uh, let's see. Thank <laughs> you. 
Absolutely brilliant, Nora. Fantastic. Oh. Such a such a great tone. <laughs> such a beautiful Thank tone. Thank you. Yeah, I've been working on the tone lately. You know, the violin can be a little bit tricky. <laughs> I can, it's funny sometimes I think I've really got it together and then I get this squeak or a, a one of notes one of the notes doesn't really come through. You can get this very airy kind of tone to it. So I guess that relates to what we were saying. Jazz is just one mistake after the other. As that was that was now going to be um, well, that's my quote that I'll happily give to you. Um, jazz just being one mistake after the other. But that um, yeah, I think that's true in some some level, isn't it? Oh yeah, well definitely. I mean, you can try. You can, it's possible to play very beautiful things, or you know, you play something you know, a great solo or. You know, you make a melody that just sings with the truth and power of life. I mean, it's definitely possible to do that. But also within that, if you're really playing, if you're really going for it, which I hope every time we all play, we, we really do go for it, which is one reason I admire Tommy so much. Every time he plays, it's like it's the last time he'll ever play. You're bound to make some mistakes. Hopefully you can maybe try to conceal them or... Um, maybe turn them into, uh, you know, sometimes a mistake can lead you onto another yeah. sort of path, which is great. But essentially, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the lightest sense possible, I, do, I definitely do think that jazz is one mistake after another. <laughs> <laughs> right, so The Little Dipper, your EP that came out now last year, has done very, very well. What have you got coming up? What are you recording with? You're involved in different projects, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Well, I've recently, in, in Hollywood, I've been going down to this restaurant called Michelli's, and I've been seeing this solo piano player play this grand piano. His name is Brian O'Rourke, and he's kind of not very well known. Um, he kind of keeps to himself, but he sounds just like Oscar Peterson. It's amazing. He can do anything. He can play anything in the world. So I've been kind of hanging out with him a little bit, sitting in, and I've been hoping to record maybe something um, just the two of us, maybe, if he's willing. Um, and I think I will be doing another trio recording with Marshall Hawkins and Bob Boss, which will be hopefully uh, in the spring. And maybe another quartet album, too, with me singing some more, which will be fun. Uh, so there's a lot of pots on the stove, but we'll see. Um, I'm sure it'll all come out in its rightful time. <laughs> Great stuff. Now, Nora, lastly, out of all the cool things that you've done in the last couple of years, playing with Tommy Emanuel, playing with Martin Taylor, playing with Sam Smith, doing all this great stuff, how much of an honour was it for you to get to play on my records in Los Angeles? If you remember, of course, Nora, you played violin in a couple of my tracks. Right. Well, I hope they come out soon. That is certainly the biggest honour of all. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> And I mean it. I really do mean it. <laughs> she says while laughing. I know. I really, honestly, no, I really do mean it. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to, to have been a part of it. And I really do think you're quite funny. The songs are quite funny. That's good to know that they're quite funny. That's good they to know. They are really, really, if you recall, I was laughing a lot during the recording. 
Yes, I do recall that. It was good. Well, you were also drinking whiskey, so I reckon that was the um, that propelled a lot of the um, mood change into just laughing, just well, out, of out of the blue. Well, out of the two of us, whose fault do you think it was that there was whiskey there? Um, well, it wasn't my house. It was Kev and Robin. If you're listening to this, you happen to have whiskey in the house. Nora looked really, really bored and she looked as if she didn't want to be there. So I just said, would you like some whiskey? And then you drank half a bottle <laughs> and decided to, you know, proceed to recording and drinking for the rest of the night until then we had to carry you home. Oh, speaking of Scottish funny things, you didn't carry me home. Okay, whatever. There was this funny phrase I heard, and I wrote a tune. <laughs> I wrote a tune that's going to be on one of my new new recordings, and it's 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 a little fiddle tune. But I called it James Cribbins, help my bulb. I'd just like to apologise to all of our Scottish listeners who were offended by that what the worst <laughs> Scottish accent I've ever heard in my life. Nora, can we hear that one again? <laughs> I can try. Okay. James Cribbins, help my bulb. <laughs> the thing is, everyone... I just couldn't believe it. Um, I, I didn't know what it meant. Someone was wearing a t-shirt in, in Shetland, and, that, and it said that. And I asked another one of my friends who was there, uh, and I said, gosh, what does that mean? And he actually recorded himself saying that in many different tones, which I think I might slip into the recording, which might be kind of funny. So, anyway... There's something to look forward to. Great. Once again, I'd just like to apologise to all of our Scottish listeners who are deeply offended by that. <laughs> and also I'd like to apologise <laughs> to Callum as well. I, I'm pretty sure Nora was only kidding. I think she always knew that you were from <laughs> Scotland. That when you spoke in that Scottish accent, no doubt said, yes, I'm from Scotland. Nora probably then did figure out that you were indeed from Scotland. Nora Germain, on a total serious note, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Thank it's been you. Great. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great talking to you. It's been great listening to you um, speak general things about life, coupled with hearing your violin playing. Uh, she's one for the future, ladies and gentlemen. Nora Germain. Nora, anything last, any lasting um, bits of philosophy that you want to give the listeners? Oh, Yes, always play for keeps. There you have it, ladies and gents.